How's everybody doing this morning? Y'all doing all right? For some reason, I felt like I needed to use the metal podium today. Not because I'm a slam anything. I don't know. It just feels a little more official. The table's cute, you know what I'm saying? But this feels like, I don't know. We're just going to do it. I want you to go in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter sin. 10. Sin. Well, ain't no sin chapter. Might throw you off a little bit because I'm going to use the message version, but you can compare it to yours whenever you read. Luke 10, 17 through 20. Um, this is a strong verse of Scripture. And I'll tell you why I chose this one after I read it to you. It says, the 70 came back triumphant. Master, even the demons danced to your tune. And Jesus said, I know. <laughs> I love that. I just stopped right there when I was reading this, and I was like, Jesus, he knew, man. He's like, I know. I saw Satan fall, a bolt of lightning out of the sky. Then he says, see what I have given you? Safe passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions. Now, I'm from Louisiana. You need that. Safe passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions and protection from every assault of the enemy. No one can put a hand on you. Man, if there's ever a flex verse in the Bible, here it is. Take my shirt off and look in front of the mirror and flex a little bit. Am I right? I know a few guys that do that in here. Let's keep reading, though. All the same, the great triumph, and this is the part I really, really want to highlight. All the same, the great triumph is not in your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you and presence with you. Now, what you do for God, not what you do for God, but what God does for you, that's the agenda for rejoicing. I'm going to back up and read that again. All the same, the great triumph is not in your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you and presence with you. Not what you do for God, but what God does for you. That's the agenda for rejoicing. I thought you would rejoice a little bit more right there. That's the agenda for rejoicing. It's not that I can tell the devil to stop. It's that I could submit myself to God. Because I have found that's harder to stay submitted to God than it is to tell the devil to go. Because sometimes we just don't feel like it. I didn't feel like it. But I wish I would have. Mm. Let's pray and then we're going to jump in. Lord, we love you. And thankful that you are all powerful. You are all knowing. All authority is in your hands. And today we're here coming to you, coming under your authority, coming to hear a word from you. And we rejoice today because we're under you. Because you're our father. You're our Lord, our Savior, our King. And we're so grateful that you would allow us, that you would choose us, 
that you would let us into your kingdom. And today, Father, my prayer is that you would speak to every person in this room today. Lord, that it would be clear, confirm, confirm that we are more than conquerors today. Confirm that we can walk in confidence because you're our Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. Use me today, God, just to be a voice. I want to represent you, God, today the best I can. So, Lord, I ask you to use me to speak this word to your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we're in this series this summer called Summer School, and we're teaching about some different things in the Bible that I think are very good to know about, but they have a very direct effect on how we live our lives. And I hope that as we're going through these different topics, that it's helping you to grow stronger in your faith and grow into who God wants you to be. And last week, we started this sub-series, mini-series. I don't know what you want to call it. It's two sermons on the same thing in the middle of a big series. I don't know. You call it what you want. If we do three, you can call it a trilogy. We'll see what happens next week, okay? And now I'll be right up there like with Star Wars and all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? All right, so last week, we talked about authority And this over-under effect is what we're talking about. And we said that it's not what you're over, but who you're under that gives you authority. It's not what you're over. Come on. A lot of people want to be the boss man, and that's great. But if you're not under authority, your boss man stuff ain't going to work. Okay? And so in order for us to walk in the authority that God gives us, As a believer, we must come under his lordship. In other words, it cannot just be our confession the day that we get saved that Jesus Christ is Lord. It must be our practice every day that Jesus is the Lord of our lives. And if we allow him to be the Lord of our lives, that authority that he has, you and I can walk in that authority. A lot of times we're trying to walk in our own power, in our own strength, and it always leads to pride. And pride is just somebody who's weak bowing up to something they can't conquer. And they make it look like I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, I trash talk you, but I don't really have anything to back it up. I just hope that I could be louder than you and more expressive than you. And hopefully you'll just leave me alone. And that's not winning a battle, that's just putting it off. Because at some point, it's coming back at you. But to be able to walk in authority, there is an element of humility. I must humble myself under the Lord's leadership. And because I am humble, now I have access to all of the resources that are necessary to win the battle that I may be facing. And so let me say it like this. Many times we're trying to bow up to some things when really we need to just bow down to him. Amen? Amen. I see some people shaking their head like they want some more of that. And so keep encouraging me and I'll give you some more, okay? Many people are overpowered by things because they lack spiritual authority. And I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not telling you you can't have it. I'm telling you you can have it. But because we don't walk in it, we're we're, we're allowing ourselves to be overpowered by some things. But if I can submit myself to God, watch this and resist the devil, the Bible says he must flee. And there's a lot more resistance going on than there is submission. 
I know. I, I'm trying to get a good start and tell you the funny stuff up front, but I just got to tell you this first, okay? I know y'all like a good, a good story where I throw myself under the bus and y'all laugh at me for about 10 minutes, and then I tell you the rest. I'm tired of throwing myself under the bus, okay? Anyway, uh, the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he must flee, now, the example that we used last week was, um, I, I told you that there's a couple of people in our church that have the, the power to stop an 18-wheeler, a moving 18-wheeler, with their bare hands. And, and, and it's not because their physical structure that allows them to do it. It's because the authority that they have that's given to them as a police officer. And so even though this rig is way stronger and is moving at an incredible pace, it, this, this person has the authority to stand in the middle of a moving highway, put a hand up, and he better stop. He better stop. If he's standing on the side of the road screaming at them, stop the truck. Number one, he's going to look weird. Okay, stop the truck. The guy doesn't have to stop. But if he stands in the middle of the road and holds his hand up, they should come to a stop. And there's a lot of people that are screaming about things that are going on in their lives when really they just need to stand in some authority and put their hand up. Again, I told you last week during worship, that's an opportunity for you to put your hand up. You can put your hand up, and there's a lot of things coming at you, but when you put your hands up, you think, I'm surrendering to that. I'm surrendering to God, and because I'm surrendering to God, I now have the power and the authority of God in my life. Amen? And so that was, that was last week. What I want to do now is talk about this Luke chapter 9 and actually chapter 10, both of them. Jesus was sending out disciples to different towns. I didn't read chapter 9 to you because this is where Jesus sent out his 12 disciples to different towns and villages, and he told them to minister. And in Luke 9, he gives his 12 disciples authority over demons and over sicknesses. And whatever you do, don't freak out whenever I mention the word demon. Okay? It's all right. We're not going to get weird. We're not performing exorcisms this morning or anything like that. I don't have any incense burning in the corner. We're not doing any of that. No weirdness. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get weird on me. Look at your other neighbor and say, too late. <laughs> too late. I didn't say call him a weirdo. Don't do that. Don't call people names at church. Don't call them names at home either. All right. So he gives his disciples in Luke chapter 9, Jesus gives the 12 disciples the authority over demons and over sicknesses, and he gives them the assignment to go to these different towns telling them the good news of the kingdom of God. So when you hear that kind of story, it's obvious. It's like, of course he did that. Jesus is raising up this team of 12 guys that are going to be the leaders of the church Obviously, these 12 are going to need a little bit of authority, so it makes complete and total sense. And so you're like, Pastor Wade, why are you telling us this? I'm not one of those 12. Right? But that's why you got to keep reading the Bible. Because whenever you get to Luke chapter 10, you see that Jesus picks 70 others. And I might not be one of the 12, but I do think I could fit in with the 70 others. Come on, anybody else? I mean, I'm not, I don't feel holy enough to be one of the 12, although there were a few characters in there. How many of y'all know some characters? How many of y'all sitting next to them? Put your hands down. 
Some of y'all are so quick to raise your hand and throw people under the bus, man. Gosh. (laughs) But Jesus decides to pick 70 other disciples. We don't get a lot of insight in them. They're just people that just keep following Jesus no matter what. I feel like there's a few people in here that keep following Jesus no matter what. Am I right? Come on, I can handle being the 70. And he tells them to go into the towns. And the same thing that he told the disciples, I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you authority over all these things that may come against you. And I want you to go with that authority and tell people some good news. You ever been in one of those debacles before conversation with people and you caught yourself where it was like you were trying to one up each other with how bad you had it? Come on, we're good at this. And they're like, yeah, man, it's just been a rough week. Oh, you had a week? Mine was just terrible. What happened to you? My kids. My kid. Oh, yeah, well, my husband. Mm, mm. And in the middle of that, the car broke down. And then the other person's like, well, that ain't nothing. We got this, this, and this going on at work. And you just keep going back and forth, back and forth. What in the world is going on there? Like, why do we do this? I heard this conversation the other day. I was in uh, the grocery store, and these two guys saw each other, and you could tell they hadn't seen each other in a long time. They're shaking hands. They don't remember each other's name, but they remember each other. Like, hey, man, how you doing? And one guy says, busy, busy. How about you? He said, busier than ever. And they sat there for about 30 seconds and had a conversation about who was the busiest. And they were just trying to, like, one-up each other. And I I just sat there observing. They probably thought I was weird because I got stuck watching them. Listen, I have... Yes. Y'all pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastor. Why do we do that, though? And why does it come so naturally to us? Can you imagine, oh, I'm so depressed. Oh, yeah, well, I'm more depressed than you. Well, that ain't nothing. On top of being depressed, I'm struggling with anxiety. Wait, I thought that was kind of mixing. No, this is a different kind. It's another variant. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, you don't have this one. No, you don't. I do, but you don't. (laughs) Y'all know those people? How many of y'all ever been engaged in a conversation with those people before? And you're trying everything you can to be positive. Well, bless God. Or or, bless your heart. (laughs) So Jesus, he tells these guys to go into the town to bring them some good news. Some good news. To go in and those who are saying how bad it is, go tell them how good it can be. I'm authorizing you. This is literally what he's doing. He said, I'm giving you some authority. I am authorizing you to go into these towns and villages because I'm coming behind you. But I need you to be the opening act. And as you go into these towns, you're going to have authority over all these things. But I want you to tell them because I'm giving you an assignment. I need you to go tell them some good news. Instead of just cycling the bad news over and over and over to compare who's got it worse, let's go and bring some good news. And they do that. And so the 70, this is the report we get. The 70 come back and they are fired up, man. They are just super excited because they're like, Jesus, Jesus. You should have seen the move of God in these cities that we were in. 
Like everything was happening. Like people were coming to you even though you were over here. Like God things were happening. It was a move of God. And guess what, Jesus? Whenever we start praying for people, it's like we just had so much power that the demons, like all the devils had to get out of town. And Jesus is like, I know. I know. It's like in that, that, those two words, I know, it's like he's saying, of course, I gave that to you. Notice they didn't debrief and go through all the issues they were having and everything that they were. They were just like, Jesus, this authority thing really works. And he's like, I know. But then he brings them to this place where he says, but that's not what you should rejoice over. Now, that's that's kind of challenging because we like a good victory. Am I right? I love to win. I really, really do. And some of you think that the competition gene that's in my body is a little bit aggressive. Well, I like to win. I don't like to lose at anything. Come on. Can I get a witness in this place? Can I get a good witness in this place? Some of y'all are too scared to say it. Come on now. I like to win. And I especially like to win with things that are going on inside of me. You know what I'm saying? Like if I got things I want to do, I don't have time to be sick. Amen? Just don't have time for it. And I understand it occurs, but I got things to do. And so sickness, I ain't got time for you. I've got a lot of things that I feel like I need to accomplish and I want to do with my life. I don't have time for some of these things that are trying to hold me back. So excuse my competitive nature. I just like to win. And so when I'm confronted with something that comes against me, let's go. I don't particularly care for this opportunity, but if we're going to dance. When I was in middle school, here's the story. When I was in middle school, okay, um, there was this guy named Tim and this guy named Brian. Um, that in PE class, come on, how many of y'all are flashing back to middle school PE? In the gym, the girls' classes, one on, one on one side, multiple classes on that side, all the boys are on this side, multiple classes. And we're in there, and they're teaching you all the exercise. Y'all remember the little roll like this? Go forward, go backwards, you know, and that, you know, I mean, come on, man. We were doing aerobics, and we didn't even know it. Y'all remember this one? Who was it? The Wiggles that made that little head, shoulders, knees, and toes thing out of that? All that stuff. So these two guys, though, um, uh, would pick on me every day. Every day. And one day in PE class, I got pantsed in front of everybody. Now, this was before we were calling everything bullying. I'm just being honest with you. And so... um, the instruction that we were given whenever you're bullied, I'm just going to say it, it's aggressive. Take a deep breath. The way you stop a bully is you punch him in the mouth. Amen. Calm down. Y'all are too aggressive. Now, I was not that aggressive saying it, but you went there real quick. So I got pantsed. In the gym, 
I had the, it was, a, we were green and gold. Gonzalez Middle School Bulldogs. And uh, three-piece, three-piece. Okay, trying to tell a story here. I had a weird number on my uniform. You know, they got the, the school logo, the name of the school, and they got the little box underneath there, and, and you had to write in some kind of number. You have no clue what that number means, but I was number 366. I had it on my shorts, too, and I don't know why I'm telling you that, but it's part of my, I don't know, maybe it's PTSD. But anyway, they pantsed me, and for those of you that don't know what pants means, that means they pulled my pants down, and they didn't just grab my pants. And I was in a dilemma because my parents had this rule that you don't fight at school. Now, I don't know why I didn't think, well, if we're not at school, we can fight and I'll meet you somewhere. I don't know why I didn't think that. And so for a few days, I was hesitant to fight with these guys and they would taunt me because they like wanted me to do something. They wanted me to, but my fear wasn't them. It was Jimmy, my dad. Uh, trust me, I was not worried with them. I could tell you s stories of my summers growing up where we had fight club in the backyard and hid it from all our parents, okay? I mean, I just, I got a story, all right, for real. And so um, I, I wrestled with it. And then uh, a few days later, we were in the locker room changing, and they decided they were going to steal my clothes. And so um, after that occurred, I was going to my next class, and I was in the upstairs bathroom going to Ms. Wells' class. Come on, I still remember this. And these dudes showed up in the bathroom, and one of them came behind and pushed me. And that was enough. And I wasn't worried about getting in trouble with Jimmy any longer. And we went for it in the bathroom. And let's just say that was the last day that they ever messed with me. Now, I am not endorsing any type of violence or graphic kind of, I'm not, I'm not endorsing any of that. But what I will endorse is a mindset, a mindset of, I don't have to keep living like this anymore. You say, you should have told somebody. I did. I did. And you say, well, what did they tell you? They said, just tell them to leave you alone. You ever poured gas on a fire before? Yeah. I'm using this story today to talk to you about some spiritual authority that you actually have. And the devil is these two guys that just keeps pushing you around over and over and over. And you keep telling them, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone, over and over. And he doesn't listen to you. And at some point, there has to be something that rises in you and says, no more. Am I right? And I know, I, listen, I know, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to endorse any type of go fight with somebody kind of thing. But what I am trying to help you to see is that you've got to have some fight in you right. as a believer. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You've got to have some fight in you. He's given you weapons, and if you're given weapons, you're supposed to use them. But a lot of us, we're leaving the weapons concealed when we need to be pulling them out. Yeah. Amen? So... 
So these guys, they return to Jesus afterwards and they're excited about everything that's happened because they were walking in authority over some things. And Jesus says, listen, the great triumph isn't what you're able to do over these people. It's that you're able to stay under my authority. Stay under. See, my fear was that I was going to get in trouble if I put an end to this. Because the way it needed to be done, it was going to result in somebody's going. And by the way, we didn't go to the office. No one called it. We were in the bathroom. Everybody left out, and we just duked it out right there. And I walked out, dusted off my pants, and went to class. Don't mess with me. Anyway. (laughs) Real quick, I'm going to give you five types of spiritual authority that you can walk in. Five kinds. Real quick, okay? Number one is redemptive authority. And this is, our authority, this is our authority because of Christ's triumph on the cross. Notice it's because of what he has done. You have that kind of authority because of what he has done on the cross. That's the first kind. Here's the second kind, inherited authority. This is our authority as sons and daughters of God. Meaning this, let me show you. I can drive six and a half hours on I-10 West. I can get off the interstate in Gonzales, Louisiana, and drive to my parents' home. I know where the key is. I can walk in that house. I can access the fridge. I I have access because I am their son and daughter. And they're watching right now. Mom, you can put it in the chat. Yes, you can because I do it. I do it. I am authorized to enter into their home. The only thing I'm not authorized to do is get the keys to my, di- my dad's 67 Chevelle and go drive it around. I am not authorized to do it, Dad. It's time. Anyway. But as a son, as a son, I have authority. Just like when they come here, they got authority to walk in my house. You don't, but they do. Seriously, when, whenever our kids are home, we have given them the authority to tell people whether or not they can come in or not. If you come to my house and knock on the door and we tell them don't let anybody in, you might be our good friends and we, we may love you, but if we tell them don't let them in, you ain't coming in. And you may pull the elder card on them, they're not letting you in because they're authorized as a son or as a daughter in my house to tell you no, which means you got to go. Okay, that's inherited authority. Here's the third thing, positional authority. Our authority in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And this is huge because a lot of people go to Christ, but they don't live in Christ. And living in Christ is this, it's, and I won't get ahead of myself, it's this alignment. I'm aligned with him. We'll get to that in a minute. And then there's delegated authority where you have authority as Christ's representative on earth. He's delegating it to you to be an ambassador, to represent him in all situations, in all places. No matter where you're at, even if you're on vacation, you still got to represent. You can't turn it off and say, we're on vacation, live however you want. No, you're still a representative. Cynthia and I were at the beach one time. We didn't know anybody there. We're in this restaurant, and we run into somebody that we know. Good thing we wouldn't get plastered. Am I right? I've been terrible. We won't do it because we're representing. Amen? There's some delegated authority. And then number five, there's empowered authority. And that's our authority through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
And when you hear that, you can't help but see a church that is standing strong, walking in confidence, overcoming temptation, and breaking strongholds. Am I right? That's like a lot of authority. That's a lot. That's just, that's not just I was left in charge while mom and dad's gone. That's, there's five layers of authority there. So the big question is this. If this is the authority that we can walk in, then why as believers are we struggling? Why are we limping? And why are we hurting? If this is the type of authority that we get to walk in that is given to us, why are we constantly falling and struggling? And I know you want to say, because, Pastor Wade, we're humans, and we need the grace and the mercy of God. I know all of that stuff, but it ain't just the God of grace and mercy. He's also a God of wisdom and power and authority. Amen? It's not just let me get this small piece of the pie. It's like I want all of him. And this was the thought that I had. Have you ever seen someone before with bad body language. They just don't have good body language, meaning the way they carry themselves, they just look unhappy. They look sad. They look overwhelmed all the time. And when you talk to them, you say, how you doing? They're like, oh, I'm doing good. It's like, you sure? Yes, doing great. That's not what it looks like. And you're like, God doesn't look at the outward appearance, Pastor Wade. He looks at the heart. I know all the verses, okay? But watch this. Whenever a kid is recruited, a high school athlete is recruited for college athletics, one of the main things that these college coaches look at is their body language. How do they carry themselves with the team? How do they carry themselves in and out of the huddle? How do they carry themselves on the sidelines? How do they carry themselves and they're reading their body language and this is so important because we can say a lot a lot comes out of our mouth but what is the body language saying and i just had this revelation the church is always saying a lot but the body of christ may have a body language problem where we we know scripture We know that we're more than conquerors in Christ, but we're walking around like we're overwhelmed and defeated by everything in the world. Where you were meant to walk in victory, we're walking like we're overwhelmed. How do we carry ourselves as a believer? When the world looks at us, do they see fear or do they see confidence? Let's bring it home. When our children look at us as mom and dad, husband and wife as believers, do they see fear or do they see confidence of who we are in Christ? I'm not saying perfection because you're never going to be that. But I, you don't have to be perfect to walk in authority. You just got to be submitted. But if you're in authority, walk like it. Amen? Walk like it. Too many believers are walking with their head down. And as a result, we're bumping into things. We're walking into situations that we aren't even supposed to walk into. We're bumping into things that are hurting us. Why? Because we're lacking the confidence that comes from having this authority that God gives us. Now, for some of us, we're trying to make this all about personality. And this has nothing to do with personality. It has everything to do with spirituality. Amen? 
Because the Bible says that he is the glory and the lifter. i got to go to the verse, Psalms chapter 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. Lifts up my head. It's been a tough season. Lift up your head. It's not over yet. See, when, I, when I'm looking down, all I see is what I'm dealing with. But when I look up, I can see possibility. I can see what's coming. And so now I know what steps I need to take. No wonder we're confused. We're walking like this. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. Walk in some confidence that comes from knowing that God is with me. So watch this. We have the word of God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have Jesus, the champion. Think of this. And this is what this means. You were meant for breakthrough not a breakdown. Amen. You're meant for deliverance, not depression. You're meant for miracles, not misery. You're meant to be an overcomer, not overwhelmed. You're meant to be blessed, not broken. This is what you're meant to be. And it comes to the point where we got to ask the question, do I know who I am in Christ? Do I know who I am in him? Because like I said, there's a lot of people that go to him. Jesus, I'm coming to you today because it's hard. And he's saying, well, why don't you get in the authority that is yours? Get in it. Get in it. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are chosen in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through him. Amen? You're healed in Christ Jesus. You're made whole in Christ Jesus. Your past is forgiven and your future is good. You are free. You're a new creation. You're an ambassador. That's official business. You're an ambassador and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's who you are in Christ. That's who we are in Christ. So I want to give you three keys. This is where we finish. Three keys to walking in authority. Keys are very important. Because if I have a key, I can get in. In fact, when you're asked to carry a key for the company you work for, you know what that means? I trust you. That means you're authorized to enter. Am I right? That's what that means. When you, when you have the keys, and Jesus said, uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And he says, I have given you the keys. I've given you the keys. Number one, keys to walking in authority, walk in alignment. Walking in alignment. Remember we were talking about the over-under effect? If I can come under and submit to his authority, then I can overcome anything. And this is the challenge for us because you will agree with God as authority, but can you agree with the people that he has delegated to be an authority over your life? Because God's perfect. But what happens when God puts imperfect people over us? That's the challenge. Like where you have an imperfect father that is in authority over your life. And that father doesn't do all the things he needs to do as a father. And so now I don't even look to him as a father anymore. I don't need him. 
Well, yes, you do. You may not need what he's giving from his behavior. Follow this. But the position that he's in in your life, you need it. Because the blessing of God doesn't just come horizontally. It comes down from heaven. And it comes in order. And a lot of people, they're calling it blessing and really it's earnings. And there's a difference. Because an earning, you can get, but it's limited. But a blessing, you can't get. Only God can give it. And it's eternal. There's such a big difference. And never, ever confuse wealth with blessing. Because you can be broke and blessed and make it way further than somebody who is rich and earned it. I promise you. But alignment is so important. There are people that God has put in authority over us. And have you ever noticed how easy it is to have a problem with somebody in authority? It's so easy. And we get to the point in our lives where we question authority. And can I tell you, whenever we begin to question authority and break away from it, that is the enemy's plan to pull you away from the authority that we were meant to walk in, the anointing that we were meant to walk in, the blessings that God has for us. Things like unforgiveness, things like honor your father and your mother. We have a hard time doing that whenever they didn't do it all right, but we should still honor the position that they are in in our lives. Honor those who are in authority. Well, I don't agree with who the president is whether it was 2016 or 2020 or whoever it's going to be next, it doesn't matter. That person is in authority and we are to honor. I don't have to agree, but I do have to honor because honor is a reflection of the heart. And this is a tough conversation to have with the church because we want to be right about everything. But the one thing about honoring authority and alignment, it's about order. Order. And there's a lot of things we're trying to do, but we're out of order. Meaning this, it's unauthorized. You can do a good thing, but if it's unauthorized, it's not going to work. You can even try to do something for God, but if it's unauthorized, it's not going to work. Because there's an order to it. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned, even going into ministry, because it's like, oh, Pastor Wade, you get to be a spiritual leader. That is the scariest thing ever. Because there's a lot more accountability when you're the guy that leads the church than when you're just the person in the church. You don't believe me? You make the newspaper. You make the newspaper ain't a big deal. I make the newspaper. Whew. Did you hear about Pastor Wade? Did you hear about Pastor Wade? Did you hear about Pastor Wade? Ramifications everywhere. To whom much is given, much is required. But the lesson that I've learned is this. If I can stay under, that blessing is always going to flow into my life. And the degree that I am under is going to determine the degree of success and effect that I have when I'm placed over somebody. And I've had a lot of leaders in my life, and I haven't agreed with all of them. But I knew I must stay aligned. I knew it. I knew I must stay aligned. And the word that comes to my mind with the word alignment is the word accountability. Last week, I talked to you a little bit about an independent spirit. Listen, we're not called to have an independent spirit. We're called to have a Holy Spirit. Amen. And that independent spirit comes from being hurt 
by authority. And can I just say this? Because I'm a man under authority and a man in authority. Not everything that, that not all pain that comes from that relationship is caused by the person in authority. It's true. But it's easier to throw them under the bus and get a following of people that agrees. And can we see how the enemy just just works in that environment and gets a consensus to turn against leadership? God works in order. He works in order. The question, is there alignment in your life? You submit it to some good authority or have you put yourself in the position to where you say, I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. That is an unsafe place, my friends. That is an unsafe place. Think of this. If your 13-year-old came up to you today and said, I don't need you to tell me what to do. Some of y'all, you thought you were going to use your words. You know what I'm saying? You thought you were going to use them happy words and just that triggered something. See, it's not about control, though. This is what I need you to see. It's about cover. It's about covering. Are there people in leadership that have made mistakes? Yes. But be careful before you judge somebody in leadership about their mistakes that you don't evaluate the mistakes that you've made in following. Amen? I know that's a tough topic, but I had to, I had to put it in there. So watch this. Submitting to God means I'm submitted to the leadership that he has established. Submit it to parents. If you're a student, yeah, you got to submit to the teacher. If you have a job and you have a supervisor, you've got to submit to them. Law enforcement, they're authorized. We must submit. Husband and wives, it's in the Bible. Submit to each other. It's there. Here's the second one. Walk in your assignment. I walk in alignment, but I also have to walk in my assignment. And this is a challenge one for us as well. God has a purpose for our lives. Those 70 that he sent out, it wasn't just go tell demons what to do. It was go and tell the good news of the kingdom. That was the assignment. The authority was to enable them to carry out the assignment. But if we're not on assignment, there's no need for the authority. Amen? I, I, I must be actively engaged because part of saying yes to the assignment is saying yes to God. See, it's not optional. It's obedience. God, I say yes to you. So when I'm walking in my assignment, I'm walking in obedience. And when I'm walking in obedience, now there is blessing in my life. And the blessing doesn't come from the thing that I'm doing, but it comes from the God who is above me. Amen? So I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for the results to, to, to give me the affirmation that I need. I have the affirmation already from my Father. I just need to carry out the assignment and be obedient to Him. Amen? Luke chapter 16, 12, it says, And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? And there's a lot of people that want their assignment. And this is what I've learned. I can only tell you what I've learned. You will find your assignment by helping somebody else with theirs. 
I submit it to God. I submit it to the house of God and serve. And through serving another man's ministry, the Lord helped me to see the ministry he had for me. The Lord helped me see the path for my life and all the things that he had for me. He helped me to see it through serving someone else's. Can you see how the Lord is working here? He's trying to get us. Can I just sneak it in? He's just trying to help us see it's not all about you. That's it. It's not. Here's number three, walk in the anointing. And this is where it gets powerful because God did give us the gift of the Holy Spirit, but he anoints us for what we're assigned to do. And here's the verse I finish with, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. You know what another word is you can use for unity? Alignment. See, a lot of y'all were about to start singing Kumbaya, holding hands, swaying back and forth. And you think that's unity because you saw it on a Coca-Cola commercial in the 70s and thought that was harmony. That ain't harmony. That's Coca-Cola in a sing-along, okay? Unity is alignment. I'm aligned with God's purpose. I'm aligned with God's leadership. And he says, it's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, which is a priest, down on the collar of his robe. So let me break this down as we finish. It says God's people, that's the church, live together in unity. Unity is alignment. Aaron, that's the priest. Guess what? That's our assignment. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. What does a priest do? He represents God to the people and the people to God. That's also what an ambassador does. And that oil, that's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to notice the order from the head, down on the face, on the beard, down to the collar, to the shoulders. Not everyone's going to be ahead. It's okay. I don't have to be ahead because I can still get some oil. But I got to stay aligned with the head. And if I stay aligned with the head, the oil that's on them is going to drip on me. This morning before service, we were praying, all of our staff together. And I had this realization. I'm thankful for the position that I'm in, but I would not be in the position that I'm in if it were not for the people that God placed over me. There was a man back in Gonzales, Louisiana, that over 50 years ago started a church and became very successful. His name is Ed Bledsoe. And he started this church, and many, many people came to know Jesus. Many people got set free. Their lives turned around. So many people in that community, their lives were never, ever the same because of that man's yes to God. And it was challenging. There were so many things they had to navigate. And years later, he would pass that church on to his son, Scott Bledsoe. And the same anointing that was on Ed Bledsoe was dripping down from the head to the shoulders upon his son, Scott Bledsoe. And the first person that Scott Bledsoe hired was a 23-year-old boy that played the drums in church. And I became a youth pastor. The first person that he hired and the anointing that was on Ed Bledsoe, that was on Scott Bledsoe, dripped down onto Wade Moran. 
And then I get sent out to start a church with that same anointing that Ed Bledsoe started a church with many, many years ago. And it keeps going and going. And now it multiplies. And here I am. I'm still under the authority of Scott Bledsoe. Still my overseer, still responsible to him for what God has called me to do. He can encourage me. He can correct me. He can call me out. He can tell me, don't preach that. He can tell me, preach better. He could have told me, go to a different city, and I would have listened. You say, what if he got it wrong? I would have listened. That's God's judgment on him, not mine. But because of that alignment, I've had the opportunity to walk in so much favor and so much blessing in my life. And I know that's not everyone's story. But what I want you to see is that at some point, if that's not your story, God will put you in a place to where it gets right. And there is alignment. And there is blessing. And there is order. And that anointing that was on them will begin to drip down on you. But if you take from your hurt an independent spirit and try to fly around on your own, you will miss out on some very things that God meant for you to have and be mad at the people who got when it was meant for you. And the message I'm trying to help you to see today is the importance of being aligned. That is not conformity, by the way. That is saying yes to God. Because there's a lot of people that I served beside, and we were all different. We were not all the same. We were different. But we had one thing in mind. I'm going to be aligned with God, who, who God has put over me. And because God put him over me, now, I, and I come under, now he can put me over some things. And God wants to put you over some things, but you're not going to get over some things until you come under some things. And the very thing that we got to get under is some authority. And so I know you want to get some authority and some victory over smoking, but can you come under some authority? Amen? I know you want to break this depression off of your life, but can you come under some authority? This is so important because we want to walk in that power. We're tired of walking with our heads down. We're tired of getting bullied. And so all we're doing, let's bow up, let's go, let's go. We get a song, we get a scripture, we get a sermon, and we bow up to the devil. And we feel good about the fight. And that was Sunday. But on Tuesday, what's it looking like? On Tuesday, what's it looking like? We were meant to walk in authority. It's the over-under effect. If I'm going to get over it, I need to get under it. What does that mean? I got some things I need to say yes to. There are some things I need to say yes to. What is God telling you to do that you've been putting off because we're waiting for better conditions? I'm waiting for this season to be over. I'm waiting for life to get a little bit easier. I'm waiting for the kids to get back in school. I'm going to lead that small group, Pastor Way, but I can't do it right now because it's a busy season and we got some boundaries in our life. But God called you when you were 12 to be in the ministry and now you're 32 and you're still saying one day, one day, one day. Today is the day. And quit saying God's timing, amen? It is time. Come on, I'm not trying to be rough. I'm just trying to get you into place because once you walk into place, hmm. It's on. And now you're not walking with your head down. You're walking with your head up. And you see that person. You, you, all this time you're saying, I didn't realize God was giving me opportunities to touch somebody's life. He's a shield about you. He's the glory and the lifter. 
of your head. Everyone stand to their feet this morning. Jesus. Jesus, I, I hope today what was said in the way I said it can betray what you showed me. And if not, I'm, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I just hope that we can get this concept of understanding that if we're under your authority and in an alignment, we're going to see that anointing in our life to break chains, to break strongholds. And Father, I, I just pray over every person in here today that as we, we look at our lives, we evaluate. Are we saying yes to you? Are we, are, are, are we putting ourselves in a place where we're trying to set up some delayed obedience? God, we, we, we give you our yes. I pray, God, that we will be aligned. I pray that we walk in our assignment. And most importantly, God, I thank you that you have given us your anointing. Thank you, God that your presence is in this place today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I know I talked about all kinds of things today, but the most important thing is submitting your life to Jesus. And I want to lead us in this prayer. Just say it all together out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me, for going to the cross to pay the price for my sins. I give you my life today. All of me. Every part, it's all yours. And I thank you as a result, you give me new life. Thank you that you can change me. And I say yes to you. I make the decision now. I'm going to live my life your way. I'm submitting to your authority. I'm following your ways. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen.